Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you so much for this day, this day that you've given us, another day to live for you. It's beautiful outside. It's wonderful to be together in your house with brothers and sisters in the Lord. Wonderful to learn of you, to fellowship together, to worship together, just to be together as your children. And I pray, Father, that you will take this message and carry it with clarity and just bless it, Father, to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of the message is Feed on His Faithfulness. Is God's faithfulness endless? Yes. God's always there. As we head into this new year, some of you may be setting goals. You know, I, I personally don't like resolutions because they usually disappoint me. You know, but, but it's okay to have goals and try to, and try to pursue those goals as God leads us in those goals. And so we, we might be setting those goals to make advancements in our lives that, that we, we want to be closer to God, experience him, him, him more. We want to accomplish things that are better for us. Th those are good things. And God, as a result, may send us, here's the thing about following God. God may send us or lead us to do things that are unfamiliar. <laughs> right? He may, he may say, here you go, right here, this is where I want you. You follow what I'm saying? When we're following God, we can't dictate to God what we want and expect him to come align with us and our desires. But if we're following God, we're dying to ourselves and we're living for Christ, Colossians 3.3. And in that, we, as we follow him, we may have a thought in our head how we're going to go, but God has a different plan. And Jeremiah tells us that. He says, you know, that greater things than these I have for you. In other words, the greatest dream and the greatest things that we have planned for ourselves don't even compare with what God has for us. That's exciting. And as we follow God, God will reveal to us things that we never expected or dreamt would even be the possibilities. So he'll lead us into those unfamiliar waters, unfamiliar circumstances, and we have to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to follow into unfamiliar waters? Because frankly, unfamiliar waters are not comfortable, they're challenging, and they're a little intimidating. But if we're in fellowship with God, following God, walking with God, and God is saying, this is what I want you to do, there's a blessing in that that will bring glory to God. And so we need to be resolved in our heart, if you will, to embrace God's desire for us. Because God has a plan for you and for me, no matter what stage of life that we are in. Also, as we enter this new year, we may face uncertainties with finances or issues in relationships, health issues, or even more the, the wickedness of the world that we see. Okay, we may, we're going to see all of that stuff. And it's not going to be, it'll be challenging, it can be stressful, but we have to give those things over to God because, frankly, and you know and I know, God is sovereign. He's on his throne, he's ruling, he's king of kings, lord of lords, he loves us, he's our father, he's in charge, he'll take care of us, he knows what's going on, nothing takes him by surprise, and we have opportunity to trust him by faith, follow him, and be the people he's called us to be, amen? Amen? So all these things can cause us stresses or challenges or worries and fears about the upcoming year. So today I want to take a look at the first part of Psalm 37. It's a teaching psalm that King David wrote later in life. 
He wanted to pass on some wisdom that he had learned that can help us in this new year. So Psalm 37.1 says, Do not fret because of evildoers. Man, stop right there. How many of us find ourselves fretting about what's going on in the world around us? It's easy. It's almost just, it's just there. But God does not want us to fret. This is God's word. Do not fret about evildoers. Nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. You ever been envious of someone who doesn't know God but has, seems to have everything in life? You ever see that before? I remember as a young Christian, I, I would see these motorhomes go by, no pun intended, these motorhomes going by, and they would have their car being pulled behind them and, and all this type of stuff, but they'd have maybe a bumper sticker that was anti-God. And I would think to myself, why are they being so blessed materially when they rebel against God? And I was resentful of that because I'm going... They're not even loving you. They don't even acknowledge you. They're rejecting you. And look what they've got. And my focus as a young Christian was, was not where it ought to be. Because we're not to fret because of evildoers or their victory, so to speak. We're not to be envious of the workers of iniquity. We've got far more. Far, 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 far more. If we're going to go from that perspective, we have far more than what the world can offer. Because what? Scripture says we are joint heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance that is beyond our comprehension. And so we can praise God for that. So aren't evildoers one of the things that bug you the most as a Christian? Right? Don't you get it? Well, you see people that are evil and wicked or just shake their fist at God and, and want nothing to do with God. I know people that have got wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessings on their life. I mean, everything looks so solid from a humanistic point of view. And they got a house, they got a boat, they got a car, they got all this stuff, all this material possession, they got a solid marriage, everything's cool, everything's looking great, but they don't know God. They don't have anything, really, honestly. It's just temporary stuff. It's not eternal stuff. And so seeing the ungodly hurting people, killing people, stealing from people, and corrupting people, those things upset us, as we see on the news. And we can become more stressed out, more angered, more worried about what we're seeing and going on in the world. I was telling someone the other day, I said, I, I worry. I have to catch myself and fall back to God because I'll catch myself saying, I worry about my kids and my grandkids. What is this world coming to, and what are they going to go through? And boy, that just comes over like a dark cloud. But you know what? We can't do that. Because God's given all of us our life and, and his purpose. And praise God if our kids and our grandkids know Jesus and are committed to wanting to follow him. Because God's going to use them in the world that he, a generation he chose to put them in. He's sovereign. He is God. He is king. He is Lord. He has his plan and his purpose and his love is just as real for our kids and grandkids as they are for us. Amen. So we have to trust God. Because we can look at the th stuff that the world is going through and we're thinking, man, it's getting dark. And I'm sure generations before us have thought that from generation to generation to generation. And you know what? They were right. <laughs> but we're here. And God still carries us. So we can praise God for that. King David's advice, fret not because of evildoers, came from first-hand experience. 
He dealt with wicked people, some even from his own family. There was another psalm writer, Asaph, also wrote the same thing in Psalm 73, verses 3 through 6. I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pangs. That means pain. There are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. That's the part that really gets under me. When I see the arrogant pride and the, and the material success and the attitude and, the, and all that and, uh, and a position that's against God but has all this and is cocky about it, it upsets me a lot. God says, just calm down. <laughs> back up <laughs> and, and, and know that I know all about them. Just take your eyes off of that. Keep your eyes on me. Follow me. Love me. Be what I call you to be. Yes, Lord. <laughs> because we can get wrapped up in other things and other people very easily and get distracted about who God wants us to be. But Asaph's psalm continues on talking about the ungodly. But he has this to say in Psalm 73, 23. 24. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. Amen. You hold me by my right hand. Amen. You will guide me with your counsel. Amen. And afterward, receive me to glory. No matter what's ahead of us, like that, that uh, picture behind the song with the dark clouds and the raging sea, no matter what is in front of us that we have to engage in or go through or whatever the case might be, He's continually with us. He's at my right hand. Right hand signifying authority, power, strength. He'll guide us with his counsel. No better counsel can we get than God, right? And then in the very end, hey, glory, we'll go to heaven. Be faithful. That's what we need to remember when we are upset by the ungodly and the wicked. How many of you are not upset by the stuff you see in the world today? I don't think anybody's going to raise their hand. So don't focus on the wicked. Focus on God and remember he is with us, will guide us, and hold us. Right? We can, if we focus on the wicked and all that's going on, it's not going to do us any good. <laughs> doesn't make us feel better. doesn't make us more productive. doesn't make us happier. It just messes us up. Sure, we need to be aware, but we need to keep it in perspective, in God's perspective. Let's go back to what David advised in Psalm 37.1. Do not fret. Do not fret literally means do not get heated. Remember I said a couple times already, I get really upset. <laughs> Attitudes and the lack of appreciation for God, the rejection of God, the, the successes of wicked people, things like that. And what did God tell me? Just calm down, back up, right? You know what the back up is? It means don't do this. Back up, right? So we might say don't get all worked up, but be cool. We're, we're not to fume or become vexed, if you will. Our nature is very apt to kindle a fire of jealousy. You know, as a Christian especially when I was younger. Satan used to toil with my head with my tithes and offerings. And he used to say, he said, 
See, if you didn't give your tithe, didn't give your offerings, you could have this toy and this toy and this toy like they got. And it would just kind of be salt in the wound type feeling. But then God says, look what I have for you. Those things are nothing compared to the life I have for you, the relationship we share, the purpose that I've used you for, or what I have in store for you in eternity. Keep it in check, right? Keep it in check. When we see the wicked prospering and the faithful having, and the faithful having problems, we get frustrated. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know the right word, but it's a, it's a conflict. It's where you say, well, gee, the faithful seem to be having problems and the unfaithful are getting blessings. Well, if we're faithful, we're going to be hit by the enemy. And if we're faithful, we're called to die to ourselves, be a living sacrifice and live unto God, not for ourselves. If we're faithful, we're called to sacrifice. Aren't we? Be that living sacrifice. And so if we're faithful, we are not going to maybe have as much as the world. Not every Christian is in that position. But most Christians forfeit things they could have because they've put Christ first. You know what I mean? In the end, fretting is harmful only to us, not the wicked. When I see the motorhome with the car in the back going by and the, and the whatever insignia on the back that hates God or whatever... Right? Me getting all fumed up inside about that and saying it's not fair or just, it's not going to help nothing. <laughs> I can do anything to them. Certainly isn't going to be good for me. In the end, fretting is harmful only to us, not the wicked. It means we aren't trusting God. Isn't that really the bottom line? The bottom line is, look, you know, I'm giving myself to Jesus. I'm living for him. I'm going to be that living sacrifice and find joy in being a living sacrifice. Because if you've noticed, when we do joyfully sacrifice ourselves for God, giving up what he calls us to give up, doing what he calls us to do, maybe not reaching for the, the um, pot of gold as we might have opportunity at certain times, but following God's direction instead, the richness of the fellowship that we share with Jesus is far greater than what we, what we would have gained if we embraced the things that God said not to pursue. Amen? We've got to remember that. Bottom line is, we have to trust God. Fretting, worrying, fearing are all signs that we are not trusting God. So when I find myself getting all tied about the news... Boy, when those thugs go through those stores and break those, the glass windows or the, the cabinets or, or tear up the, the fast food restaurant or hit somebody because they just want, I start to get, my Polish blood starts to boil a little bit. And I have to step out of the room or just change my attitude. And just say, this is just the garbage that's going on. God's got everything in control. And that's the part of the advice David tells us next in Psalm 37, 2 and 3. For they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. 
look, you know, we don't like thinking this way a lot of times, but, but God's word says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God's going to take care of wickedness. Of course, we want everybody to come to know the Lord, everybody to be forgiven of their sins, everybody to go to heaven, everybody to have a relationship with God, but God will deal with evil, wickedness. In his time, his way, he will take care of it. So we can, we can learn to rest in that in the midst of what we're experiencing and, and witnessing in our lives today. When you start fretting about the wicked, remember life is short and God will take care of them. Now, that doesn't mean have an attitude, well, God's going to take care of you, slap, slap. No, we want people, again, to get right with God, be right with the Lord. But there is justice in knowing and comfort in knowing that God is a just God and will take care of wickedness and evil and sin. So once you remember that, then trust God and do good. What's the, what's the paradigm shift? Stop getting dragged in so fast to all the garbage, which is almost impossible not to see. We cannot not see it. But, allow it, but, but be mentally conscious of what it's doing to us. Don't allow it to drag us into despair. But instead, we're God's people, so we're going to trust God, our Father, and we're going to do good. We're going to do what God leads us to do. We're going to be the people of God that stand for God on the truth of his word, doing the work that he calls each one of us as individuals to do for him. And our lives have uniqueness and purpose that are unique to our own lives. And as we love God with all of our heart, all soul, mind, strength, when God is put first in our life, when we are that living sacrifice for God and we are close to God, then the desires of our heart will be met. And that doesn't mean that you, know, you can expect uh, a bunch of gifts on your front porch. It just simply means that God knows things that really matter to you even better than you know. You know God knows what things will truly minister to your soul and satisfy your soul better than we do. And at the appropriate time, God will give us the desires of our heart. Does that mean that I can't ask God for nice things? No, because he's my dad in heaven. And I've asked him for nice things, but I've gotten shunned because I've asked for material things. I said, why? He's my father. I can ask. And God's given <coughs> when he sees fit. Just like our own parents, they're good parents that do. There, scripture says, if, if your earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more shall your father in heaven give good gifts? He knows what's going to satisfy our hearts. Go on with doing good as God would have you to do. In other words, do what God wants you to do. Follow him faithfully. Commit unto him. Trust him as you go through this new year. Don't let the wicked stop you from doing good. And while you're trusting God and doing good this year, dwell or live in the promised land he has already given you. What is the promised land that God has already given you? Jesus. He's the one that we find the fullness of life. He's the one that we find purpose. He's the one that we have satisfaction in. He's the one that will show us what he created us for and uses for him and his glory. He's the one that we should be and ought to be and are closest to above all others. That's, that's walking and experiencing part of the paradise, the promise that God has for us. The scripture says that he's given us that seal of the Holy Spirit. 
He's given us that endowment, that deposit that we're his. He's given us that part of him, his spirit that lives in us, that we can experience him. His power, his counsel, his wisdom, his strength, his love, his purpose, his direction, his fellowship, his revealing himself to us in ways that we can really know the character and person of Jesus and love him and be loved by him. That's part of the paradise that God has given us. And feed on his faithfulness. God is faithful. Feed on him. Feeding on God's faithfulness means we need to chew up, swallow up, and digest all we can about God's faithfulness. You know one way to do that by chewing it up? Chewing up, think about the logic, you've already got it. You've already been chewing it, you keep chewing it. In other words, you reflect on the blessings that God has given you and you thank him. You, ask, you pray for God for certain things. Don't forget to thank him when you realize that he's answered that prayer. Look for opportunities. Go, I see you working. I see you answering. I see you guiding. I see your comfort. I see your direction. I see all the things of you interacting in my life. Thank you. That's chewing on God's faithfulness. We're acknowledging what God has done as our faithful God out of his love for us, and we are taking it in taking it in. Instead of focusing on your problems, your challenges, and the wicked this year, focus on how faithful God is. Learn scriptures that teach you about his faithfulness. If you're having a struggle time, try to find a scripture that Google the, the issue and Bible. Put Bible verse, Bible scripture next to the issue, and, and then see what pops up and see if you can find a verse that you can put in front of you somewhere that will remind you to rely on the truth of God's word and, and facing those challenges. Read Bible stories and his faithfulness, about his faithfulness. Read testimonies of modern-day Christians. I love Christian biographies. Experience his faithfulness. Remember and meditate on his faithfulness to you. These are things that will help shift our focus from the garbage to having hearts that are thankful and giving him praise because of his faithfulness toward us. What does David advise us next of in Psalm 37, 4? Delight yourself also in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord means we are experiencing a high degree of pleasure or, or enjoyment in our God. We need to follow and ask God. See, God, I want that excitement and joy in you if you don't have it. But if you have it, praise God for it and keep it kindled, like I mentioned last week. Keep it kindled. Don't let it grow cold. Many of us probably have some wonderful desires for this new year. I'm afraid to make any desires for this new year. And what I mean by that is I don't want to step out of God's plan for me. But I am excited about pursuing God and asking God for direction and for leading and to know what he wants to do. I'm excited about what God wants to do in this new year. We may desire to be healthier or to lose weight or to, or to get a better job or to be financially free or mend broken relationships or expand ministry, or reach more lost people for Christ, and all these are great desires, but God may have other things in store for you this year. 
See, we can put the agenda down. Nothing wrong with lying it down before the Lord. And we can ask God to honor it if he chooses to. And maybe he will. But be open to the fact that God may have other things for you. And those other things are always greater than what we ever expected. And they're always rich with blessing. Praise God for that. Delighting ourselves in the Lord and fulfilling desires comes when we accomplish Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You see, you can have a desire that's really heavy on your heart and you're praying to God about it. And you're, you're constantly bringing it before his throne. But in the meantime, you're, you're committing your way to the Lord. You are saying, I'm going to be committed to Jesus. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him. I'm going to follow him. I just received a text this morning from a friend that Kathy and I had been praying for. And there was an issue that they had been so brokenhearted about over and over and over again. And they were sharing with me that, that as they were praying about this heavy burden, God just spoke. God just spoke a word to them that just gave them an absolute peace and assurance that God has it in control in his timing. Don't you love it when God talks to us in times when we need hope and comfort? Yeah. The point that I'm trying to say about that example is this. It wasn't a resolved issue. It was God saying what they needed to hear to help them to move forward and trust God with it. And that's part of us walking in faith, but also knowing that he is faithful to us. You can commit anything to God this year. Your opportunities, your plans, your children, your future, your difficulties, your daily schedule, your dreams, your desires. But look what else you can trust God with. In Psalm 37, 6, He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day. You can trust God with your righteousness. That's weird, isn't it? Or your reputation and the justice you might be due. In other words, we can trust God to help us to walk in a way that's right and pleasing to him. We can trust God to develop in us a reputation that honors him. And we can trust God that his justice will be carried out. His way, his timing, in his hands, back up. <laughs> right? Give it over. Give it to God. After committing and trusting our lives to God, what does David tell us in Psalm 37, 7? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's not always easy. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Uh-oh. <laughs> there I go again, right? Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. You follow that? Rest in the Lord. Give it over to him. Back up. Wait patiently for him. Mm, that's tough. Do not fret because of, because of him who prospers in his, in his way, like the wicked that don't honor God. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. We are to rest or relax our nerves and let God work. Don't let your nerves, spiritually or otherwise, get frenzied. Trust God. 
You say, well, that's easy. It's a decision. It's simply a decision. It's out of my hands, out of my control, out of my power, but God is in control. He does have power and it is in his hands. <laughs> so step back. You're in good shape. Right? God has it. Pastor Robert Morgan said, the interval between our waiting, or, excuse me, the interval between our wanting and his working is called waiting. And that is where faith is built. Boy, I tell you what, I get tired of waiting sometimes. There have been times in my life, in my walk, in my ministry, where, I've, where God has just said wait, and I'm like, how long? And God says a little longer, and I say thanks, I trust you. <laughs> but you know what? The end result is always right. Because anytime I step in without waiting for God, what happens? We can really mess it up. So we have to wait. Trust him. In this verse, David circled us right back to where he began. Do not fret. I think that's appropriate for this year because you look at everything that's going on. Look at the elections that are coming up. You look at the wars around the world. You look at all that's going on, all the stuff. I mean, we can make the list and go on for some time. Do not fret. Trust God. He is faithful. So as we head into this new year, do not fret. Instead, feed on God's faithfulness. Delight in him. Trust him. And commit your life to him. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. What's that song? <laughs> Sorry. It's just, pardon me. <laughs> okay. Be happy. All right? And don't fret. Let's go to one prayer. Father, thank you for letting me be me. But thank you for your faithfulness. You are our Father, and we love you. You are our near throne in heaven. Jesus, you sit right at the right hand of the Father in full authority. Nothing is hidden from you. Everything is seen by you. The things that are the most obscured in the hearts of people and in the world we live in and the things that are blatantly bright. There's nothing at either spectrum or in between or, or around of any kind that you are not aware of everything and you are in control. And Father, you being in control doesn't mean that, that we just look to you and say, well, you're just going to clean everything up and make things right right now when we want it. We have to trust that you and your timing will do what's right. And we have to wait and be faithful. And we have to look to you with trust. And we have to walk with you in joy and not be fretting because of the things that we see. But let us, Father, rejoice in the fact that we know you as our Savior, that we have a relationship with you, that you've called us to be your people. You've placed us in this very generation to be that witness and that, 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 that light for you in a world of darkness. And I pray your help us to be faithful to you in that and to love you with all of our heart, to just love you, doing what's right, putting you first. And I thank you, Father. You know the desires of our heart, and you know that we're fragile, and you know that we hurt. But Father, you know our heart, and I thank you for that. No one else can understand our heart as you know our heart. And those desires that are so deep either change the desires that aren't what you want, or 
Let us see you fulfill those desires as we love you. In Jesus' name we ask it. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.